culture and the church continue to misunderstand millennials, and we are denying them the kingdom of God in the process. Welcome to the Pastor's Voice. I am Rule Sample, and I am passionate about Christian worldview. I talk to pastors and Christian leaders to encourage all believers in Jesus to live out a life of discipleship and faith. Today I talk with Andrew Grissom and William Merriman from Memphis, Tennessee, hosts of the Wandering Years podcast. They are millennials who minister to millennials. Their generation, they say, has a hunger for righteousness. Unfortunately, they have not found that in the church. Andrew Grissom, William Merriman, welcome to the Pastor's Voice podcast. I am so glad that you are here. Yeah, we're really honored. It's a it's a real joy. Andrew and I have a big heart for this, and we're excited to have a good conversation today. Andrew? Thanks so much for inviting us. Super excited to be here and get into our conversation today. Folks, if you can't tell, Andrew and William are millennials. And uh, one of the reasons why I invited them on the podcast is that they have a really, really great podcast called The Wandering Years. And they talk to millennials and others in a transition stage of life. I like how you how you put that. First off, I please tell me, please tell me about your podcast and tell me why you started it. Um, well, Andrew and I, we um, we do young adult ministry. We serve at a church in Memphis called um, Christ Church, and it's been uh, both of our hearts. And um, the more and more that we thought about it, we thought, you know, one of the greatest um, tools to reach people right now is is through podcasts. We kind of live in a uh, an auditory or oral age, um, and so uh, with this idea, we started to kind of think about the narrative or the vision for the podcast and gosh, young adult years, especially those years outside of college, moving into um, a world that is uh, really chaotic, um, really feels like a desert. It feels like uh, a wilderness Um, and, you know, readers of the Bible uh, are well familiar with that image. But our hope was to kind of be like a, like a John the Baptist, like a voice crying out from the wilderness, someone who's saying that, you know, um, not all who wander are lost. You know, the wilderness isn't a place of being lost. It's actually a place of strength. And we want um, to come in and be alongside of you and walk with you through it um, because all the, all of the people um, in the wilderness and scripture, whether it's the Israelites or whether it's Jesus going out um, after his baptism, uh, it was actually a place where God met them and uh, walked with them and then um, put his sovereign hand over them. And so that's really the heart of our podcast. And uh, it's been really fun. Andrew, it's interesting that William uses the term wilderness for the 20 to, to early 30 years. Yeah, it really is. And I think that uh, I, I think that it's really interesting that uh, and it kind of goes back to the original formation of this podcast. We started this podcast uh, under a different name, kind of a little bit more in-house here at the church called Perspectives. And 
And it was out of this idea that for so many young adults uh, throughout throughout their years of uh, whether they're in college, whether they're in their 20s, they're in their first job, they're moving to a new city. uh, It's so easy for them to just feel like, hey, I'm always in transition. Will I ever get to a point of feeling like where I am, what am I what I'm doing is home? Will I find a community of people uh, that I can really connect with? And and so often as as William and I were communicating and I really feel like the Lord really just had his hand all in this of that. It really is this idea of wandering. And if you are wandering from one place to another, to another, to another. Uh, and the hope is that as we thought through that idea, uh, it, we felt like the idea of the wilderness uh, was a place that a lot of young adults really felt and connected with as we talked with them. And and we wanted, and our prayer and hope was to provide an opportunity and a resource that could equip them as they wandered and hoping that they could still find truth, uh, they could still seek after Jesus, even as they experience those feelings of real wandering, which a lot of our young adults right now are feeling that. And so that's what we wanted to speak immediately to. And that's not really an unhealthy thing. I think uh, all of the people that we see throughout scripture and throughout church history spent wandering years. So can you share with us a little bit about your own faith journeys and your own faith wandering years? I'm a Memphian born and raised, uh, grew up in the church, uh, grew up uh, blessed by the world standards of just, you know, I'm thankful in a lot of ways that that you know, if there was something that I needed, I was able to get that. And I'm thankful to have parents who, who spoke Jesus into my life from a young age. And, and I think so often though, uh, there was a sense of comfort, uh, that I naturally fell into because of that. Uh, and so when conflict came my way, uh, whether that, you know, walking through different, um, periods of my life, both in middle school, high school, college, Uh, where I was questioning both who I was, who God called me to be, but also seeing in middle school when my, you know, when my mom dealt with cancer or I had grandparents deal with uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, I, I looked at God and was like, what is going on? I don't understand this thing that is going on. Why is this happening? Uh, And, and the Lord really convicted me of a lot of things in my life. Uh, because as, as my family dealt with those things, as my family dealt with those things, I, I finally kind of came to a point where I was like, okay, God, you obviously don't know what you're doing. So I'm going to take over here. I'm going to be, I'm going to be the leader of my life. And you can probably imagine it, how well that went, uh, because the Lord, uh, what ended up happening was the Lord really began to take (laughs) take out these little building blocks that I had around my life, whether that was friends, whether that was community, whether that was, whether that was, uh, you know, what I thought was uh, involvement in school or whatever that may be uh, to show me that, Hey, uh, everything, get it all out of the way, because no matter, no matter what happens in my life, it will all fall short to the glory of God and to God's presence in itself. And I fell to my feet, uh, fell to my feet when I was in middle school uh, and, and really just pled and, and cried out to the Lord saying, Lord, I don't understand. I need you. Like, this is not working. I don't have anything left. 
and he showed me really, he took everything away till all that was left was him. And I realized yeah. that my life, uh, I couldn't do anything apart from him. I couldn't get up and be here and be on this zoom this morning. If it wasn't for his goodness and his faithfulness and, and, and I walked through high school and entered into college and, and so much of my, so much of my faith wrestling and my journey happened in my college years, asking questions of who I was, who God called me to be these things that I had been exposed throughout, throughout my entire life. Is this really what I believe? Not just mm -hmm. what my parents believe, not just what my home church believes, not just what my pastor told me to believe. Like, is this what I believe? And I, and I'm so thankful that I've had that I not just through the Lord and his goodness and, and making my faith personal uh, to, to myself and, and really affirming uh, his goodness, not just generally, but personally, but I also had great mentors in my life during those years, uh, who, when I had questions, who, when I felt like I was wrestling, uh, who didn't, they spoke truth into me. They said, Hey, this is who Jesus is. Hey, I love you. Hey, I'm here for you. I'm here for you and the questions that you may have. Uh, and I'm so thankful that even now, as I received my call to ministry, that God has just continued to show me, uh, that apart from him, I'm nothing. Mm. I'm yeah, absolutely. Um, so funny enough, Andrew and I, we work together, but we've also been going to the same church since we were babies. So known, known each other for, for forever. Um, it's, uh, it's really cool, but, um, yeah, so I, I grew up really, um, in an idyllic church home with a really wonderful God-fearing family and um, was just poured into and loved abundantly. Um, I became a Christian really early on. I was eight years old, um, just through conversations with my mom about what belief is and what it means to really know Jesus. And um, I can remember one night um, giving my life to Christ um, then and uh, after that, it was just a, a journey of, um, like, uh, Narnia further up and further in, um, into life with God. And so confirmation at church was, um, first part of my life, uh, when I really worshiped God and then moving into high school, had some really wonderful mentors who took the time to hang out with nerdy kids like me and like play FIFA and video games with me and go to my soccer games. And, um, they just really loved me. Um, I could feel that, that spirit of adoption through them. Um, and so, and then I was, I was surrounded by Christian guys who loved the Lord that were my age that really walked through, walked through just life with them. And so it gave me a taste of what, um, life with God really is, um, even before I left home. Um, but, um, you know, Andrew and I, we have such a heart for the wandering years, because we both have been there leaving home and going to college was a really, um, really tough experience for me. Um, I went to a, a school that, uh, is pretty dark spiritually. Um, and I felt really alone. I felt ostracized, um, felt a lot of shame hmm. and, uh, it was a, a moment <clears throat> where God took a lot of things away from me. Um, and it left me with radical dependence uh, on him. And so faith became my own. I uh, started reading scripture, um, not because I had to, because I needed to. Mm -hmm. um, and I, in classes, I was 
um, buffeted on, on all sides, just with, um, you know, some pretty radical, uh, teaching and ideas. And, uh, it was a time when I really, um, when God really called me to him and to pursuing truth. Um, and then, uh, and man, at, at, by the end of my college years, um, I'd really made it kind of a ministry. It was like I was on the front lines of the mission field every day and had a small group of Christian friends. And my heart was really just to um, serve God in the classroom by pursuing truth, goodness, and beauty. And then outside the classroom, um, being, being Christ to others. And it ended up just being a really incredible, fruitful mission field. And um, after, after college, found my way back to Memphis um, and, and uh, started working at Christ Church with Andrew, and um, we've been doing that. That same heart for young adults has carried over what we do now, and um, it's uh, it's just a real, real fun adventure. Interesting. Any anybody else, or a lot of people who go through that experience that both of you did at college, most of them, and the, and the studies are showing that it's about eighty to ninety percent yeah. fall away from the faith. Mm-hmm. And the two of you are not in that. Is that William? You are buffeted that strengthened you. Yeah. And it's, it, 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 it didn't make you bitter at all. I, I don't see any bitterness in, in, in your bearded millennial face. I see, <laughs> I, I see kindness and, and love and joy in both of you. And that's, that's a testament. So uh, amen on that. Amen to the glory of God. You are both pastoring in a church or serving in a church. And you are working with young adults, your age, a little bit, maybe a little bit younger, a little bit older. Mm-hmm. I am convinced that the modern day church has missed the boat on your age group. We, we don't understand you. We just don't. And so we, we think we know what you're facing. We think we know what you want. I don't think we do. So what are people in your age groups facing? What are the issues that are on their minds? Well, yeah, you- well, I can, uh, I can start, I can start this one. Um, we, uh, well, I mean, the, the stereotype of millennials and even, in, even Gen Z's is that we're, we're a people of uh, a revolution um, that we want, uh, that we care, you know, heartily about, um, about big issues. And um you know, while, while that's a stereotype, it really, it really communicates something true that we are a generation hungering after righteousness and after justice. And we have this, this spirit um, of, of really hungering after new creation. Um, hmm. And uh, it's a good thing, but like all fire, uh, when it's outside of, uh, you know, the fireplace, it can catch and burn and, and, and spread really, really far and wide. And ultimately, Andrew and I both believe that the, the place for that zeal to really find its home is, um, is in the church. Um, but the issues that we're facing are, uh, there's, I mean, there's a lot, but I think one of them is just this kind of wider cultural um, spirit of distrust of distrust of institutions and then a real just um, spirit of uh, suspicion of all uh, of all truth. And the, the evidence of this is just this kind of um, process of deconstruction that you've heard um, Christians, young Christians specifically, just kind of 
latch latch hold of. Um, and so uh, how does that uh, apply to the church? Well, millennials and young adults, Gen Z especially, um, they're hungering after really places of order because the world is so amorphous and they're hungering after truth because you look out and there's so many, um, there's just so much distrust. And um, the thing that's, I think, most damaging part um, of trying to find a church home is when they see people in churches um, preaching the gospel, but not doing the gospel. Mm -hmm. So they might have uh, orthodoxy right from a sense of right teaching, but not living out, you know, gospel culture. Um, And the reason why I think a lot of millennials aren't coming to churches because they look at the church and they say, you know, I, I don't think that you actually believe what you're saying Hmm. Um, because we don't see that spirit of love. We don't see that spirit of adoption. We don't see that spirit of, um, of justice here. Andrew, you're looking for places of order in a world full of chaos. Mm. Yeah. You know, I think that, and I and I want to I want to take it even a step further because I think so often uh, a part of this journey uh, in questioning and figuring out what the church is meant to be uh, so often what people don't realize is young adults are in their hearts figuring out who God has called them to be what is their identity what is who is the person that they are what do they believe what are they going to fight for what are they going to uh, what is truth. Uh, and so they're seeking they're seeking these places of order and chaos because so often going back to this theme of the wandering years, uh, they feel like so much of their life is wandering, and they're so they feel like so much of their life is in transition uh, that they are missing the point, and they're really uh, not they're seeking for an identity of who they are, uh, and and I think. You know, I think so often the world has told a young adult that that their source of identity, their source of truth is subjective to them, subjective to what is what they feel like is, uh, you know, important to them, what their source of truth is, what their foundation is. And so when they look at the church and they're told that, hey, no, the source of truth is actually objective and his name is Jesus. Uh, it's something that's it's. It's different because it's very contrary to what the world says. And and I echo William in that um, so often they hear this source of truth and they want to believe it. But for so often, our churches uh, on a global sense are are, uh, seeking to put on the programming, put on the teaching of what it means to follow in this truth. Uh, But when they look in, uh, they see people who may be talking the talk, but they're not walking the walk. I tell people all the time that a young adult can smell fake from a mile away. They can smell, they can smell fake people from a mile away. They could smell ingenuine, uh, ingenuineness uh, from a mile away and they're gonna turn and run from it very quickly. Join us next week when I conclude my conversation with Andrew and William when we discuss concrete ways the church can reach out to both millennials and their arguably more fiery cousins, Generation Z. Be sure to check out the Wandering Years podcast on any of your favorite podcast channels. The link is in the show notes. We would also appreciate your help in keeping the pastor's voice going. 
please use the support the show link to donate any amount to help us cover our expenses. If you have any questions about our podcast, would like to be a guest, or would like to become a sponsor, please email us at podcasts at thepastorsvoice.net. I am Rule Sample. Thank you for listening.